he has the belief that oh us players we're going to risk our lives while the owners are just gonna get financial gain from these players Welcome back to another episode of Getting Buckets Podcast. I'm Ethan. I'm David. And, uh, well, Ethan, there's a lot to talk about this week. Yeah, we got some breaking news. So, basically, we talked about this last week, that uh, the NBA was coming back. But what's going on? So, there might be a potential roadblock in these plans. Apparently, 40 to 50 NBA players are reportedly not okay with the season resuming. And, you know, there's a couple reasons for this. One is, obviously, we're in a pandemic right now. Of course coronavirus and i do believe that there are some fears going around yeah especially because uh for those of you who don't know we mentioned this in the first episode of our podcast but the new nba new look nba will be taking place in orlando but as of very recently now that states are opening up florida has seen a resurgence of cases as of today they had almost 2,000 new coronavirus cases today uh which is very scary obviously so anybody who's in florida right now shout out stay safe but this is also a problem for players who've basically been quarantining for months and being with their family, and now all of a sudden they're being told, oh, you have to go to Orlando now to play some games. And as we mentioned before, there are teams that basically have no shot at the playoffs who have to go there anyway. There are players who are injured who basically have nothing to play for who are, have to, are going there. And so you're looking at the situation where basically it's very dangerous potentially to be in Orlando right now, especially if it's true, as uh, I was reading earlier, uh team staff is able to leave uh so yeah that's a big are, health risk so the rules are definitely weird and well, obviously from the perspective of a player if i have a spouse or i just had the birth of a child i understand why you don't want to go to orlando there's a huge risk involved and i really feel with the players but there's another side of this too with the whole black lives matter movement um there's a lot of players that are standing up for racial injustice and there's a lot of players who are also concerned they don't really uh, buy into this narrative of why should we play when these other owners are just be sitting and not risking themselves. It's only the players are the ones who are putting themselves at risk. And so, that's the problem. so, Ethan, let's break this down because there's been a barrage of news today. I mean, last week it was basically NBA was like the golden child of the sports world for coming back. And now it's already looking a bit uh, shady. I mean, there are a lot of players who are saying it's still game, but most of the reports say there's at least 40, 50 NBA players who are not okay with NBA resuming. And I think on the JJ Redick podcast, Malcolm Brogdon said that there are some players who are interested in sitting out the rest of the season as part of a protest in solidarity with the George Floyd stuff and the Black Lives Matter movement. So let's break this down step by step. So what happened? Who is the spearhead of this whole well uh, anti-nba playing movement as of right now it's um kyrie irving who is saying that he's willing to risk it all for some change towards social reform now i don't really know what he means by that i don't know either yeah so pretty much what he's saying is a direct quote from him i don't support going into orlando i'm not with the systematic racism and the bs something smells fishy so as i was saying before he is has he has the belief that oh us players we're going to risk our lives and we've been we've been risking our lives protesting while the owners are just going to get financial gain from these players to me i there's two perspectives to this i believe uh the players whoever does want to sit out should sit out they unfortunately will not get paid as the nba has already said 
But um, and for Kyrie, that means potentially losing something like six million dollars. Even though he is injured, if he doesn't show up, he will probably lose something like six or seven million dollars. Yeah, and then in my opinion, I feel like the players should go because I feel like there's no sports. Everybody's gonna be watching the NBA. If the NBA doesn't come back, everybody will be watching. But right, everybody's but they have a home. contract. They don't have. But I, but I, I feel like they could be able to get their message out across on a much more global scale if players showed up and they were kneeling during the anthem and stuff like that, if there even is going to be the anthem being played. But I feel like they could actually voice their uh, concerns and their problems much easier if they were all there going to be on camera. What do you think about that? Well, there is another side of it where you can imagine there's an NBA season and you have some high-profile players right now. The only players that I've read are Donovan Mitchell, Carmelo Anthony, and Dwight Howard. And even Donovan Mitchell just came out a couple of hours on Twitter and said that this is not true about him. But uh, they spoke out about possibly sitting out because of the social issues and also obviously because of the pandemic. So it's kind of like a double protest. Now, you can imagine if a bunch of high-profile players protest the season and don't show up and they say, well, whatever, we're going to take the L. We, we lose yes, a couple million not, dollars. It's not going to happen. Man. They're also sending a message, though. Yeah, they are. And they basically ruined the season. And then it's, for the rest uh, of for the rest of... of NBA history, it's going to be remembered as the season where 80 players sat out in protest for, you know, against racial inequality and for uh, the Black yeah. Lives Matter movement. I, I definitely see both sides. I'm not siding with one personal side. I think that the players have the right to protest in any way they want. And if that's how they want to do it, that's how they want to do it. Obviously, it would suck for us. We want to see the NBA come back. But it's not about us. It's about them and how they feel. So, Ethan, as a, as a Nets fan, as a Kyrie Irving fan, what what's your opinion on uh, Woj's quote that Kyrie Irving has pitted himself against the league's establishment when it comes to restarting the NBA season in Orlando? Well, you know, this is kind of his MO at this point. A lot of people don't like Kyrie Irving, and if if he is, in fact, uh, the player that spearheads this movement that ends up in the season getting canceled, he will be seen as public enemy number one for the rest of his career. I don't see how that, like, uh, well, for some of the fans... Obviously, and some fans will be appreciative of it, uh, but a, a large group of the fans uh, are not going to like him anymore. But honestly, I, the fact that he doesn't care about that at all is is inspiring, and he is definitely is uh, trying to generate some social change, and that's I re- I really like that about him. Honestly, do you do you feel any sympathy for him? Because I know a lot of people are obviously in the next few days are going to come after Kyrie. I mean, Boston fans hate him. Hate him as already. Everybody knows, yeah. and you know they're going to come out full force and say, oh. We've been knowing this about Kyrie, but do you think that there's anything sympathetic to this argument? Because I want to make a case for Kyrie. Uh, I no, I what you think. I'm not going to say that I don't agree with him. I do agree with him. I think he should protest in any way that he chooses to, and the fact that he's doing it like this, seemingly without caring about the repercussions that could be involved with it, is inspiring. I I, I really uh, I mean obviously as a Nets fan, it's kind of upsetting that he you know he may not even play ever again in the NBA. I mean we don't even really know what he means. Yeah, when he says I would risk it all for social reform. I mean, if he wants to devote the rest of his life to social reform, that'd be really props cool. to him. That would be and awesome. He's made a lot of money too. He's already made millions. Yeah. And uh, I just want to say that there is a difference here because uh, if you guys don't remember, I, I think this is uh, was a huge news topic. But Colin Kaepernick a couple of years ago in the NFL, he kneeled. But I think a big problem with Colin Kaepernick is that he wasn't really good enough, unfortunately, to actually have that kind of leverage. And so it was very easy to dismiss him. And Kyrie and, let's say, Kevin Durant, who apparently have, Kevin Durant is uh, supposedly also on this side, uh, according to Shams, those guys have much 
uh, they have a much higher profile. I yeah, they have say. a bigger pull. And so for them to just, and it's not even like they're kneeling during the anthem. They would just straight up sit out. And a guy like LeBron, okay, he wins the ring, but now there's an asterisk on his season. That everybody's mean, gonna say, oh yeah, but you didn't have all these players in the NBA that year. And I so, do think LeBron does want to play though. I oh, mean, of course he does because this is his chance to get ring number four. And and he the, definitely does want to play. I mean, the, the notion to me that the, a lot of NBA players are gonna s- simply sit out, I just don't think is. Gonna, I do think the NBA is going to resume. Uh, how that's going to look like, no one really knows. I mean, if enough players sit out, they may have to change a little bit of the rules. They may have to shorten the quarters. Who knows, honestly. But I do think the NBA will go on. There definitely is a large segment of people that want to play NBA basketball again. Do you think there's a, a compromise, maybe? Because I think a big problem, I think you have this uh, twofold problem of, first of all, the protests and the, you know, the anti-racist and anti-police brutality protests that are still going on. I mean, there's that going on, but then there's also the coronavirus cases, which we mentioned two week, uh, well, two episodes ago last week, we mentioned that, you know, we, nobody wants somebody to get sick because of the somebody on the Phoenix Suns. We don't want, you know, some nobody in the Phoenix Suns, they're basically out of the playoffs to get lebron james sick and then ruin the playoffs for everybody this is the problem that i kind of had with the 22 team format why is there so many teams exactly honestly you could have even limited it to set to 14 teams because uh, let's not kid ourselves here the eighth seed in both conferences have no chance of winning the nba the nba championship at all right but also keep in mind that the nets and the magic are effectively tied so how do you solve that for example uh who knows honestly but you could have kept the even number. You could have kept it at six, honestly. Like, this next season, honestly, is a throwaway season. But that's Either our way. opinion as biased fans. I mean, we, we, we've been known that this is a dress rehearsal for the Brooklyn Nets but uh, for next season. But I think there's, there's an argument to be made here that maybe this format has not been uh, thought through as well. And I understand that they need to have a balance for all the markets so that they can get their money. But the alternative is maybe the season gets canceled and everybody loses. And then the NBA can actually slash salaries as part of the... Uh, to, to me, it comes off as the NBA did not think this plan through enough. So I don't think the NBA could have foreseen the magnitude of the protests and how that would have affected the public conscience of and the private conscience of the players of the NBA, which we know the NBA has always supposedly been on the side of players having the right to protest and have the right to you know get their voice out. NBA has led all sorts of mental health, anti-racism initiatives for years. So it's definitely a difficult thing. I also don't think the NBA could have foreseen the fact that the coronavirus got worse in Florida too. So, and then the third thing, which I actually didn't know last week, is that apparently the players didn't vote. So, Ethan, I just I kind of want to pick your brain. Uh, I'll ask again. What, do you think that maybe the NBA should be reconsidering the format, like maybe remove a couple of teams, maybe let the players vote on some proposals? Because I think we all want the NBA to come back. Uh, yes. I think 13 teams in the West is simply too much. Let's be honest here. The Suns and the Kings have zero chance of winning the NBA championship. The Pelicans would be cool to see in the playoffs, but they don't have a chance either. If they really wanted to mitigate the risk, they should only have, at the most, 16 teams here. And have a couple of regular season games to warm up the players and go right into the playoffs. Because this whole 13-team playing tournament nonsense, in my opinion... Which is great TV, don't get me wrong. But if you really want to mitigate the risk, you're just not going to have that many teams there. So I think that, in my opinion, it should have been, it should be, and who knows, maybe it will. Because people don't really realize this, July 31st, or you know, even July 30th now, is a really long time from now. Yeah. Uh, they may change their proposal. 
Very we well don't proved. know. So we, we, that obviously that's gonna have to get approved by the NBA MBPA, the Players Association. But uh, there's still a lot of time until the season resumes. Obviously, the closer the closer we get, is it's gonna be here soon. But it's in a long time from now. We've been talking about the NBA, but I think it's uh, also important to just ask the question: Do you think, regardless of what the NBA does right now? Do you think that there's just going to be an asterisk on the season regardless? And not just with this league, with any of the leagues. Uh, I think there will be an asterisk, but I don't agree that there should be one, if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, obviously, in every season, every team has to go through certain obstacles. And in the case of the 2020 season, that is going to be a hurdle that some teams will have to go over. Either way, I don't see how long the asterisk will last. Uh, because, you know, let's say LeBron wins this year. He's going to be seen as a four-time champ. People aren't going to remember in 10 years from now the 2020 COVID season. Just like, you know, the 1999-2000 lockout shorn season when the Spurs won against the Knicks in the finals. No one takes away that fifth title away from Tim Duncan. I also think that there's both an argument for and against you. Because on one hand, the last time there's a, a pandemic of this magnitude that affected professional sports in America, forget America, even in the world, was 100 years ago. And that's back when Babe Ruth was playing. A lot of people don't know this, but Babe Ruth got sick twice. He actually almost died from Spanish flu twice. And he went on to have a fine career. And uh, a lot of people don't know this, but one year uh, during the pandemic, the Stanley Cup was canceled because a player died uh, in the middle of the Stanley Cup finals. Obviously, nobody wants that kind of scenario, especially 100 years ago. And now the landscape was very different in terms of, you know, the attitudes towards sports and the amount of people that consume sports. So, in a way, there's really nothing like this. So, I'm of the opinion, personally, that every sports league that comes back is going to have some sort of asterisk and some sort of group trying to delegitimize. I think there is something impressive in persevering through the season, especially as people have said, there is a lot of risks they're taking. Players will be taking uh, the optics, I think, especially the racial optics in light of the protests, you know, as you said, and also as apparently Kyrie said, the optics of playing while protests grip the country... You know, they are taking all the risks, especially in Orlando, which, like we've said, is uh, in a state that is surging coronavirus cases. And you know how these things work. They're probably the cases will only peak in around a month. It probably will only just start to get better when the players arrive. If that's assuming that it doesn't, you know, that they stop right now and the curve just goes naturally. There's so many things to consider here. But my point is, players will be going now, taking the risks of getting coronavirus and Owners will just sit back and just reap the benefits. And if the players want to opt out, they're the ones who lose money because the NBA, because of the collective bargaining, they just say, oh, we just cite this clause that says during an epidemic we could slash salaries. And then so it's a lose-lose situation in a way for players. I want to ask you another question. Do you think that maybe uh, this needs to be renegotiated by the players? Do you think the players deserve to have an input or because they already had their representatives a few weeks ago vote with the NBA and say, yeah, we want this back? Do you think that's good enough? Uh, I do, because uh, I think uh, I think all the player I think all the players have they already gave their uh, approval to the re- representatives. Um, but I do understand why the, the players uh, do want to do a, a vote based on the individual player. That makes sense too. Uh, honestly, they they could honestly do whatever they want. Uh, I sort of agree on one hand. On the other hand, there is some sketchiness here. I mean, Top Habershaw reported that according to Disney official. The company's staff workers are going to be free to go in and out of the NBA campus and will not be subject to the daily testing and quarantine like the players um, will. That can't happen. That just cannot happen. Simple. That's completely antithetical. If you are trying to preserve a bubble, 
to keep COVID cases out, you can you just can simply cannot have that. And again, cases are surging here, and I think it's not a surprise that the protest to the NBA coming back is happening right now. Maybe a week ago, players were fine with it. And actually, there was a report that Kyrie like even wanted to join the team, even though he said he was staying out for the rest of the season. So this must have been a very recent change. I think the news that things are getting worse in Orlando, coupled with the fact that there's some shady rules going on, is just going to spell disaster. So my opinion uh, is that the NBA should probably try to renegotiate this thing because I think, like Ethan said, this is basically the best time right now to get some sort of platform out. And I completely understand if somebody wants to sit out, it's their money to lose. And, you know, they're definitely going to make a very powerful statement by sitting out. I think on the other hand, this basically going to be the only thing on TV in July. And you saw with the last dance, for those of you who maybe don't even follow basketball. It became the most viewed documentary ever, ever. Yeah. Everybody all over the world is watching the last dance. And this is people who don't even know basketball watching it just because of Michael Jordan. And there are players in the NBA like LeBron that people get invested in. So this is a great time for players to kind of get that bag. Obviously taking a lot of risk, and I don't want to minimize that at all. But this is definitely a good opportunity if they want to make their voices heard in a powerful way. They may have the shot to do that. On the other hand, we have to keep in mind that maybe players are just sick of the whole, you know, halfway sort of thing that corporations have gotten away with with the protests that you just release some sort of statement and then you're absolved of anything maybe players are just saying yeah but i think we need to do a little more to fight these inequalities and stuff and i don't want to get too political because it's a basketball show but i also completely understand that perspective too that maybe people are just dissatisfied with maybe painting the court black or you know doing what they did at the SBC a couple of years ago Maybe people are just feeling that that's not enough and we need more action. So I definitely see both sides. And I think this is just something that we're going to have to kind of wait to play out. I think the two main factors here are going to be what's the situation with the protests in a month? Because if the protests have completely died down, but for whatever reason, maybe lack of media coverage or just demands being met or people just not wanting to risk their lives. If the protests die down, though, maybe the optics won't seem so poor of a bunch of players, mostly black league, going to play basketball while People are still out on the streets fighting for equality. I completely see that side. And then obviously, if coronavirus is getting worse, there's basically no way they're going to be going to play in Orlando. I think now is going to be a good time to move on to our next topic. Okay. Um, Darren Morey said in an interview, I think it was yesterday or two days ago, about James Harden, uh, quote, I let him down because I haven't gotten him the right players to win a title. Um, do you agree? I think we have to remember that the Rockets went to the Western Conference Finals and basically were a Chris Paul injury away from beating the Warriors, in my opinion. So they had a really good team. But the situation now is a bit different. I think their team this year particularly has been strangely a bit weaker, even with the addition of Russell Westbrook. I think that they don't have the depth that they had in previous years, and they certainly lack the shooting that they used to have. Uh, It used to be with the Rockets that they could just basically shoot from anywhere, and they still play like that, but Russell Westbrook is just not a great shooter for a guy who shoots so much. And so I think naturally their offensive efficiency has sort of decreased. Well, that's the reason they traded Clint Capella to to give Russell Westbrook the the freedom to get in the lane. Right, of course, and they basically they they accommodated for him. But on the other hand, they don't have the strength that they used to have, where it was just basically you could not guard all five of them. Somebody's going to go off on the Rockets on offense, and your job was to make sure that Harden didn't do even more damage than the rest of his team. Because a typical Houston Rockets game would be they would shoot. 45% from three, and 
James Harden would go off for at least 45, and then he'd have a teammate go off for 20, and everybody's shooting pretty well from around the arc, and that's just not a thing you can beat. But I think on defense, teams have finally figured it out, how to actually go up against that. So I think that they kind of don't have the strength that they used to have. So I don't completely agree, because you have to keep in mind, uh, maybe you disagree about Russell Westbrook, but that he did get him Russell Westbrook. So uh, I disagree with Darren Morey on the whole. I mean, he's. I think he's actually gotten James Harden a lot of great players. You know, he got um, Dwight Howard. He averaged 18 points a game and 12 rebounds. In his first season. In his first season. And he which averaged was, 16 points per game in his whole tenure. Yeah, he averaged 16 points a game for his, his whole tenure there. So, and uh, around 12 rebounds. So, Dwight Howard was a great player. They went to the conference finals one time, I believe. Uh, with Dwight Howard there, I'm pretty sure. Chris and I, Paul, of course. Chris Paul, they were, you know, a, a one a one half away from winning, then he got injured. Russell Westbrook Russell now. Russell Westbrook now. Harden has had some lapses in the playoffs, obviously. Yeah, and that's uh, worth mentioning. You no, know, his his first uh in his, he went to the Western Conference Finals for his first time against the Warriors. He had one game where he only shot ten shots. Two for ten or something. And uh, then, you know, there was that series that we watched in 2017 against San Antonio. Which is one of the worst things I've ever seen. Um, which I've actually read online that he actually was concussed. Wow. He was playing while he was concussed. He well, was, got a concussion. A he got a concussion uh, the game before, and he was playing concussed in the next game. Well, for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, just Google James Harden Spurs 2017 playoffs. It, it, there's no way it's he, not going to be the first He shot 11, 11 shots. He looked... Horrible. Horrible. Me and David were questioning, like, did somebody pay him to miss to look terrible on purpose? Like, we were so shocked about how he looked. And after I read this report that he was actually concussed, it actually made a lot of sense to me. Yeah, because he was like, it was like routine. Pat, you really, I think it's, there's a video that calls it like James Harden lowlights, and it's just bad pass, brick. You just a guy who is completely shying away from the tension. And James Harden is one of the most ball dominant players ever. So maybe he wasn't in this monster super saiyan form that he's in now but he was still extremely good and to see that was just very shocking and i'm actually i had no idea that he was concussed but that does explain a lot do you think that the rockets have a chance in this year's playoffs especially given the uncertainty if they come back if they well if we do come back they i knew they were on a six game losing streak before the season ended but i think that break could possibly help them i wouldn't be surprised if they stink it up more but i think that uh there's a good chance that they could uh, make a good run, uh, and go deep, and perhaps even go to the finals. It will be it will be tough, but I think honestly, this whole season with this whole format, anything could happen. Honestly, we also have to keep in mind that there is no Warriors this year. Yep, and even the Los Angeles Lakers, as good as they are, they're still not the Warriors. Yep, that's and that's true. with LeBron and AD. They're still not the Warriors, and the kind of basketball that they play, they they're older players too. They may need more time to warm up and I'm not saying the Rockets are a young team but they are younger and I think that their their style of basketball definitely allows them to just come if they come out of the gates firing you just have to kind of watch out and pray that the barrage ends I I do agree I think that I think the Rockets do have a chance for a deep run I don't think they're the favorites I still think the Lakers or the Clippers are the the teams to watch in the west I also think that the uncertainty that's brewing right now is uh, it just could set a, a lot of things in disarray, especially if a player on a team decides to sit out. I think the whole dynamics of the playoffs are just going to be very weird regardless. I think that's really the only guarantee that we have. We, not, we don't have a guarantee that the season will come back. 
But if the season does come back, I don't think that we can really evaluate teams like we were before. And on that note, I think uh, it's worth mentioning also that there is a great deal of uncertainty about what happens after coronavirus because this thing will end and this season will end even as it gets canceled or but something will happen. I think tentatively there are some plans. So do you want to just talk about what the plans are for the new schedule? Yeah, well, the first thing is that the NBA actually moved the date of the start of the season up, up by one day from July uh, 31st to July 30th. So that their plan that they have is the August August 25th is the NBA dra- draft lottery 2020. October 15th, uh, NBA draft. That's going to be right after the finals end, basically. Yeah, three, three days after. Then uh, free agency begins October 18th. Which is normally, it's about a week or two after the draft is when the free agency begins. Be Usually two. it's mid-June or maybe a bit late June is when the draft happens, and then July 1st is the first day of free agency. And that's exactly how it's been. Yeah, uh, November 10th, training camps uh, begin, and then December 1st, the season starts. So realistically, the NBA players will really only have three weeks to warm up for the season. So you can uh, imagine a team that wins the finals is actually going to be heavily disadvantaged in the next season. Yeah, they really would. They, if they go deep, they're really just not going to have a lot of rest to, for this for the start of the season. Um, and there's a big target on your back as well when you come back. Yeah, of course. I mean, obviously they have to crunch for time, but do you think it's a little bit too expedited or do you think it makes sense? In a way, doesn't it just make more sense to just cancel the season and just say, sorry, maybe just say whatever. This season or next season? Just cancel this season and say, just start up in October, my bad. And Well, obviously they don't want to do that because they want... Obviously, the players want a champion. Uh, LeBron James said they shouldn't be canceling anything. He said that like a couple months ago. The NBA is going to have to change their policy on um, staff leaving the bubble. Like that just simply cannot be allowed if you really want to limit disease. It's not a bubble. It's yeah, it would not be a bubble. It would just be it would the bubble would it's be. It's a gated community. It's not a bubble. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, and what do they need to go to a gated community for? What do they need to go to? They're grown men going to Disney World. Listen, the NBA wants to make money. Okay. And they, there's a lot of money that the NBA could lose if they just canceled out the season. Right, but then the players also got to make money too. So obviously it's in everybody's best the, interest for this the, to happen. The players, the players want to play. Hoopers want to hoop. You know, you know the the saying. You know, I think uh, it's really gonna just come down to. Honestly, uh, I honestly have no idea what it's gonna come down to. To be honest. And on one hand, they have everything to lose. On the other hand, they have nothing to lose. It really just depends on the player's perspective. Does he want to play while people are protesting? Does he want to play and risk getting sick? I mean, we saw that a bunch of players have gotten sick in the NBA already, and some people will be like Kevin Durant and not feel anything, and some people will be so, like so, Christian So Roy. far, so far, nobody has died. Thank, of, th- of course. Thankfully. I mean, yeah. they're young guys. There are other problems. You're still an uh, athletic specimen, and this thing destroys your lungs. It could completely impact your ability to make money from the sport. So there's that. So yeah, maybe you have a nice contract right now, but maybe you get sick enough that you're just not the same player after coronavirus. There are also plenty of examples of young, healthy people suffering strokes, getting all sorts of injuries, having to go to the hospital. Nobody wants that. You know, then obviously getting their family sick, getting their friends sick, getting their other players sick, getting other team staff sick, getting coaches sick. It's it's a big risk. I I'm of the opinion that they need to think this through. I think that maybe Orlando is not the best idea right now given the whole uh, coronavirus situation in Florida. And honestly, I don't know what the answer is. I think that maybe what makes the most sense to me right now, given what I'm reading, is maybe they should just say, oops, pandemic ruined our season. There is precedent for that. I mean, I just don't think that's going to happen, though. I mean, I think 
especially what is over in a, a month from, and a half from now, I think the season will resume. I think it'll resume too. But I also think that there's such a degree of uncertainty right now, and especially, I think I briefly mentioned this two episodes ago, I was talking about Major League Baseball, and they're still arguing with their players over what kind of season they want to have. And so I kind of thought that the NBA was like the gold standard in comparison, and I was kind of saying, well, look how stupid the Major League Baseball is that they can't even get their stuff together. But this is not a Major League Baseball thing. This is just a fact that these guys are still young, they have families, they have careers that they care about, and... The coronavirus does affect that. That's something that a lot of people just don't take into account. That NBA players, they're human beings at the end of the day. And yeah, you know, people people view them as superhuman and stuff because you see them on TV all the time. But they're just like me and you. I think that there's, we should do like a rapid fire round over our last couple of things that we want to talk about this week. So first of all, we, we kind of briefly mentioned this. Who do you think will benefit most from the condensed season next year, which is allegedly going to just go from December to June, and it'll just be a compressed season? But you can imagine that's going to be a much more physical strain on players. Probably going to see load management like crazy. Any any younger team is going to benefit from that. Uh, any team that did not go deep in the playoffs is going to benefit from that. If you just won the finals, you're at a huge disadvantage. If you're the Los Angeles Lakers. If you're the Lakers, you're the Clippers, and you go deep, you are in a huge disadvantage. I I obviously could see Kawhi load managing like you know halfway half of the games during that next. season. I could see him doing over. I could see LeBron. LeBron is out for most of the season. You know, LeBron missed a couple games this season too, uh, for in- certain injuries. But no, any I feel any younger team is going to benefit a lot from that. You know the Celtics, the Heat in the West, the Grizzlies, the Pelicans. The uh, the last thing I want to talk about with you is the release schedules. So I don't think it's prudent to go through all the schedules, but I'm curious uh, what you think are just some of the more interesting schedules that teams have. All right, we could uh, look at the Grizzlies right here. Um, their next few games, they got uh, the Blazers, Jazz, Spurs, Thunder, Bucks, the Pelicans twice, and the Celtics. So that's a pretty tough schedule. Yeah, it is. That's a brutal schedule. Yeah, it's a horrible schedule. And if you're in the A seed right now, I would be worried. As opposed to the Pelicans, Kings, Jazz, Clippers, Spurs, Grizzlies, Kings, Grizzlies, Magic is a substantially easier schedule. I mean, you do face the Jazz and the Clippers, but aside from that, it's pretty you got, easy. You got cupcakes in the the Magic and the Kings. Do you think that uh, the Grizzlies will still make the playoffs? Because I think they'll definitely be in position for the play-in. In my, I think I don't think they can mess that up. I don't think it's physically possible it'll for them be, to mess that up. It'll be it'll be hard for them to miss the play-in, but there is a chance they don't make the playoffs. Of course. Who do you think has the easiest schedule in the East? Well, the the top six seeds honestly don't really need to worry about their schedule. They're going to make the playoffs regardless. So of the Magic, Wizards, and Nets, who do you think has the easiest? Because I would be willing to make the case. I think the Wizards actually have a really good shot at maybe at least getting well, into the playoffs. Let's look at the Magic real quick. Um. Pacers, Kings, uh, Nets, Nets, Pelicans, Sixers, Raptors, Lakers, or Trailblazers. What does or mean? Uh, pretty much they since the there was no uh they're gonna be missing a game, uh from one of the teams that aren't in it. They don't know which team they're gonna play yet. I see. Yeah. We also have to keep in mind that the Magic actually doesn't play the Wizards, so the Wizards and the Magic they don't have a chance to knock a game from each other, but the Nets do. Yeah. So even though the Nets are ahead in the playoffs right now, in the playoff standings. The Nets actually are in a much worse position, in a way, than the Magic. Because the Nets, if they lose to the Wizards, it can severely dent their chances. 
Uh, so the Nets are in, in really in a must-play position here. But we bring this up, and then I think this kind of begs a bigger question. Do you think that maybe the bottom few teams in the East and West should just have a play-in now and then just go into the playoffs? Because you mentioned this already, but the top six teams in the Eastern Conference, I mean, they're basically set. There's yeah, a little I mean, bit of wiggle room. But I feel like this, the Sixers would have to lose all their games to miss the playoffs. But, I mean... I mean, maybe even... I don't even know. I'm not 100% sure where they stand. Um, but they would have to fail catastrophically in order to miss the playoffs. But do you think also we just have to be realistic and say, okay, we just prorate the season, shorten it a little bit, and most of the people won't care. They'll understand that there's a pandemic and just want to watch basketball. Part like, of that, I, part, I agree with part of that. Because we look at the Nets schedule, for example. They have a doubleheader with the Magic. So those are basically the two most important games in the Eastern Conference. The Nets Magic series is going to basically dictate who's going to be in the playoffs. Because if the Nets win, and they actually do not have a great record against the Magic the past few seasons. If the Nets lose to the Magic, they're out of the playoffs. Because they have to play the Wizards. If they and, lose both games. Then yeah, if they lose, the... then they're in just in a horrible position. I mean, they, they, the Nets will probably survive in the play-in. But again, who knows what's going to happen? I mean, if Nobody you, knows how any team is going to look right. so, out of the gate. A three-game so. series, then you have to win two games. That, that whole thing is, is going to be much more difficult. So basically, that's a thing you have to watch out for. On the other hand, if you're in the top six, you don't really care. You play your games. They're just warm-up games. It doesn't affect the standings that much. I mean, what does a conference championship mean? Not much. It means nothing. What does an All-NBA award mean now? Is The season was ruined. It's just a completely uncharted territory. So I think that for everybody, it's just going to be this championship or bust mentality. People are going to be coming flying out of the gates. On one hand, I think it's going to be potentially a really fun playoffs. But looking at the schedules, I just don't see what the whole commotion is about, especially if you're trying to minimize risk. So on one hand, you have... Team staff apparently can just walk around and break the bubble. And on the other hand, you have all these meaningless games that are going to be played. You know, we say all this, now we can go back to the original question. Is it really that? Because I'm looking at the the Twitter response to Kyrie Irving and everybody's already clowning him. But I think that there is a legitimate argument to be made here that this may not be safe. If they really strengthen the bubble, even in an area where the cases are rising, there is a possibility for it to be completely safe. Of course. I mean, if, if, if it's sealed off and nobody's cheating, then it's fine. And again, you have to keep in mind, people wear masks now. It's not the same kind of ecosystem that it was, you know, New York City, March 1st. So on one hand, I think that the risk is inevitably going to be much lower. But nonetheless, a risk is a risk. And if one get, player gets sick, a lot of people could get sick. Because we all know nobody's going to be wearing masks when they play. So, and, and they're going to be indoors. So that's like a, a worst case scenario. So obviously people are going to be getting tested every day. But it's just really scary. And you just see that on one hand, yes, they want to bring the season back. They want to make it feel normal. But there's, I, I just, I don't know what you think. Do you, I just think that there is too much risk right now. And if it were me, I would just either go straight into the playoffs immediately and just say, sorry, Washington Wizards. If the Blazers don't want to play, then why do the rest of them want to play? It's a very realistic concern. So I guess the we just have to wait and see. Yeah, it was just, it's going to be really interesting Sorry, to see how, really it, do. how it folds, how everything turns out. But uh, I think it's important for us. We'll just be keep following the news, and we'll just bring it back as soon as we can with uh, more content. We'll keep you all updated. and Stay safe, everybody. Thank you. Yeah, stay safe. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, GetBucketPod, at GetBucketPod on Twitter. 
And we hope to get this podcast on Apple Music soon. So, Ethan, is there anything else you want to say? Any last thoughts? Just hit us with the final thoughts, maybe, about State of the League right now. It, uh, it's, it's, it's a really confusing time, obviously, but I, I, my message to the players would be, uh, if you really want to send a message, in my opinion, I understand sitting out and protesting the league, but I feel like with so many eyes on you, I think you guys would actually benefit more from playing, but I understand the risks and all the stuff that you're worried about in not playing. Obviously, the season's going to start July 30th. That's in a long time from now. We do not know how everything is going to look like in that amount of time. Uh, but I'm confident that the season will resume and there will be a champion 2020 crowned. And with that said, uh, thank you guys for tuning in to the Gang Buckets podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Get Bucket Pod. And we'll see you all next time.